James chapter 5, and uh, we're going to look at verse 16. I um, have a topic tonight that is one that it's, it's nothing new in the sense that it's, you know, new revelation. I mean, when, when we talk about prayer, it's one of those things that, you know, we all have a relative understanding of what prayer is. And, uh, you know, most of us understand that prayer is powerful. Our prayers contain power. Um, but it's one of those things that we've just always got to be reminded of. One of those things in the word that we've always got to keep in front of us. Um, because in our day and age and as time is going on, it's, it's becoming more difficult to have a prayerful life. Uh, because, uh, and, and where I'm going to go tonight is in the direction of priority. Prayer should have a priority in our life. Prayer should have uh, a, a reason and a purpose in our life. And, um, you know, I believe that there are other things that we make a priority in our life that have priority over uh, prayer. And we've got to make sure that prayer has a high level of value and a high level of standard in our lives. So I want to talk to you tonight simply on the, the priority of prayer, simply on the understanding of how can I prioritize prayer in my life? How can I give it the right value, give it the right uh, 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 level of time and understanding in my life? And then I, I want to give you some just practical principles on how you can make prayer a priority in your life. When I talk to people about prayer, um, it's there's usually hang-ups. Um, almost every single person that I ever talk to about prayer uh, has this statement, I need to pray more, or I know that I can pray more. It's very rare that I talk to people and they say, you know what, I actually need to cut back on prayer in my life. Um, I, I've, I'm just spending way too much time in prayer. I, I've got to, you know, it's just getting out of hand. There's just too much prayer. going. I, I don't think I've ever had that conversation, uh, not even with myself. Uh, we can always use more prayer, right? We can always use a, a greater uh, 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 habit and a, and a greater revelation of prayer in our lives. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's something that we always want to increase in. Um, on, you know, the other thing that I get from people is most of the time they want to pray more. They want to go to another level. We even recognize that there are levels in prayer on our, ourselves. Nobody has to tell us that. The Bible doesn't have to tell us that there's uh, multiple levels in prayer. Uh, we just begin to recognize, you know what? I can go deeper. I can go further. I can go higher. So what's that tell me? That prayer can be increased. Prayer can be increased in my life. And we know this, that if I can increase prayer, I'll increase the results. Now, we are people that we do not like to waste time. Anybody like to waste time? Anybody got time to waste? Okay, didn't think so. Didn't think so. And where time becomes wasted is when we don't see results. You're always looking for results. Okay? And, and that's instilled us 
instilled within us by God himself. Because God is results-oriented. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. God always determines the purpose before he creates the thing. So before he creates the thing to do something, he already knows what he wants it to do, what the end result is, what he wants it to accomplish. And so when we're praying, guys, we expect results, right? We expect answers to our prayers. We expect to pray to God. And there's usually one of two expectations. Number one, we expect to have answers to prayer. Number two, we expect to hear from God. And so when one of those two or either of those two or both of those things don't happen in our prayer life, we become discouraged and we pull away. If I'm not seeing answers to my prayer, then what's the use of praying? If, I, if, if I'm not hearing from God and I'm just talking to him, then what's the purpose of that? And when I've taught on this before, it was, it was kind of interesting because when I get a, a, something by the spirit of, of a direction that I want to go, um, you know, especially on Wednesday nights, because I normally don't get into series and, you know, harp on the same thing unless it's just something that the Lord feels that, you know, that impresses upon me we need to stay in for a while. But typically on Wednesday nights, it's Wednesday night Bible study. I just like to pull out topics and then just shred them up, just, just get in there. And, and so, uh, but what I do is I'll go into my past notes. I've got everything in my computer. Every sermon I've ever preached is in my computer somewhere. And I can pull them up by topic. And so uh, I'm able to see everything that I've ever done on prayer. And I just started going through notes. And I've already taught on prayer uh, I pulled up at least five different messages just on prayer. And every message had different stuff in it. And then several years ago, one of our first years here, um, I, I did a series called Lines of Communication. And the whole series was just on prayer. Anybody remember that? Okay, got a few of you. Lines of Communication. We taught on prayer. We talked on the prayer formula. We, we talked on why pray. We, we talked about how to pray. We, I mean, we, we covered all of it. The purpose of prayer. And so I was able to pull all these different sermons in. And every sermon had different stuff in it. Every message had different veins that I could go in with prayer. And it's so needed. It's so needed. It's something that we've got to constantly see. So look here in James chapter 5 verse 16. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Let me get there. 5. One five one six. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avails much. Uh, one translation says makes much power available. Dynamic in its working. Dynamic in its working. So power is available in prayer. And we don't have to try to conjure something up. You don't have to have some kind of natural manifestation take place. Prayer in and of itself is powerful. Now, let me tell you why prayer is necessary. Let me tell you why prayer is necessary. If God could do it all by himself, then why would you and I need to pray? Just a thought. If God could make it happen and would make it happen on his own without any conjecture of man or any interjection or anything that man had to put together, 
then why would, what, what's the purpose of praying in the first place? If God is going to do whatever he wants to do, then why pray? But see, he's placed you and I in the earth as his ambassadors, as his representatives. We are the kingdom of God in the earth today. Uh, you know, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, where's this kingdom you're talking about? Where, I don't see it. Where is it? He said, don't look here or there, for the kingdom of God is within you. So if the kingdom of God is getting in the earth, it has to go through you and I. It has to go through his church. And so prayer is simply our connection with heaven to get the will of God done in the earth. That is literally what prayer is. We've heard multiple definitions for prayer. Prayer is talking with God. Prayer is communication with God. But what's the purpose of talking to God? What's the purpose of communicating? It's simply for this, to get his will done in the earth. In fact, when Jesus' disciples came to him and asked him to teach them how to pray, he taught them how to pray, and he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, there's some circles that they pray that prayer all the time. I mean, that is their prayer. That, that's their definition. of If we're going to pray to God, this is, we're praying this prayer. And that's just a pattern. That, that prayer is a pattern for us. That's not something that we are supposed to specifically pray each and every time. He's showing us the pattern of what our prayers should be uh, containing and should be covering. And so we've got to see uh, that... It is necessary for man to pray if, God, if God's will in heaven is going to take place on the earth. That's why we pray. And without prayer, God can do nothing. Dwight Moody said this. He, he said, it seems to reason that God can do nothing in the earth unless man prays. This is how important prayer is. And so we're just talking about the value of prayer a little bit. Because here are some things about priorities that we have to understand. Incorrect priorities lead to a waste of time and energy. Incorrect priorities lead to a waste of time and energy. If we don't properly prioritize things in our life, we'll spend the wrong amount of time doing the wrong things. And we'll spend little time doing the right things. So the first thing I have to understand is I need to correctly prioritize things in my life. Our priorities reveal our values. Your values are hidden within your priorities. How you prioritize and what you prioritize and what you make time for reveals what you find valuable in your life. If we make a lot of time for work and we're gone all the time, but then we come home and we spend little time with our family and our children, then you have a priority for work. You have a value for working and making a dollar and getting the paycheck and not a high value for our family. Why? Because there's a lot of time spent there. You, 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 there there's no argument if you're not taking the time to do it. Okay? And all of us, every single person in this room, time is your greatest commodity. Time is money. Time can be wasted. Time can be spent. Time can be invested. Time can be saved. But unlike money, you can never get time back. You can never get it back. 
So we've got to learn how to spend our time wisely. And prayer is one of those things where, you know, one of the greatest excuses we have is I just don't have time. I don't have time. I didn't make the time to pray. It, it, it a lot of times comes down to the time factor. Lastly, when, when something is given the right priority, it becomes the most beneficial in our life. When something is given the right priority, then it becomes the most beneficial in our life. So we've got to prioritize prayer because how many of you want prayer to benefit you? We all want prayer to benefit us. I want this to be an asset to my life, not a liability. I don't want to spend time in prayer. I want to invest time in prayer. And so I want it to be beneficial to me. So by placing prayer in its correct priority, it will become the most beneficial tool. If I place the right priority on prayer, then it will become the most beneficial to me. And so we've got to discover this level of prayer. Now, I'm just going to burn through some verses real quick. You can just write them down. We'll throw them up on the screen. But I'm just making a point here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23 says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. I'm not trying to rhyme. It's not a poem. It's not a, not, a, not a kid's story, but that's just how it's written in the New King James. We're talking about Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, a long while before daylight, for some of us, daylight is a long while before our day, right? And this is a long while before that. He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Mark chapter 6, verse 46, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Isn't it interesting that a lot of times we're seeing here, he's praying by himself, alone. He's getting away. From it. Now, does that mean Jesus isn't a people person? Does that mean Jesus doesn't love people and doesn't care? Obviously not. And if you, you, you know anything about Jesus' ministry, he had people following him everywhere he went. Multitudes of people. I mean, tens of thousands at times. But when he prayed, he found a way to get away. Luke chapter, uh, where are we at? Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he often withdrew, withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. So we've already seen that he's gotten up long before daylight, and now we see that he's stayed in prayer all night. Luke 9, verse 18. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and asked them, saying, who did the crowd say that I am? So once again, we see that he was spending time alone, even away from his disciples, in prayer. Luke 9, verse uh, 28. Now it came to pass, about eight days after these things, he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. Luke 11, verse 1. 
And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So let's look at a few things. Number one, Jesus withdrew to pray. Jesus was alone to pray, but because he was alone doesn't mean he was lonely. And sometimes we've got to learn how to withdraw from things and get away and get alone with God. Prayer is time with God. Prayer is time spent with God. And sometimes we're spending a lot of times with our problems and not enough time in prayer. But you notice here that Jesus did the opposite. Now, when Jesus was around people, you will notice from his ministry that he did not spend a lot of times, uh, a lot of time with people in their problems, individually speaking. Now, we know that uh, the word tells us he would spend all day healing the sick, casting out demons. I mean, just one after the other, boom, boom, boom. But it was instant. You look at the opportunities that Jesus had to minister to people. There were no prayer lines. There was no, hey, uh, let me get all my disciples around here. Let's, let's hold hands and touch and agree, and, and, and let's just you know, pray about this thing. No, he spoke to problems directly to them and told them to leave, cast them out, rebuking sickness and disease, rebuking. I mean, even when he spoke to the waves, he, he didn't get, you know, get a prayer rally going. He didn't get all the disciples up and say, all right, guys, what are we going to do? We're in the middle of this storm, so let's just start, you know, I, I, Peter, I need you to pray in tongues like you never prayed in tongues. I need to hear you. I need to get as loud as you can. You know, let's walk around. Let's stomp, you know, let's, let's storm heaven. No, he spoke directly to the waves. So what we see here is Jesus spent very little time with problems. But that's because he spent a lot of time in prayer. What you and I do is we spend a lot of time with our problems, but we spend very little time in prayer. Jesus never made the people a higher priority than prayer. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, the man that, 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 that cared about people, loved people, when he saw the people and, and, and how they're hurting, he was moved with compassion, said they're they, they, they look like sheep without a shepherd, and, and this is why he came. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I mean, this is why Jesus came. Yet people never made, were never a higher priority to Jesus than prayer. And so we've got the priority backwards. And so we've got to get this pattern down. We've got to get this formula down, this importance that it, there are times when we, we need to draw away from the problem and get with God. Spending time with God. Spending time with God. I think this is interesting. Jesus didn't just make time for prayer. But in turn, prayer made time for Jesus. You would be amazed if you would start your day in prayer how much time it would save you in the long run. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at the direction and the guidance that'll come in time spent with God and time spent in prayer, and it would save you in the long run. Because now we're not having to deal with the problem so much because I've already been in prayer about the problem. 
I've already spent time with God, and now he's going to lead me and guide me in this situation because I've already given it up to prayer. I've already prayed about it. So prayer will make time for you. Having a proper prayer life will help direct all other areas of your life. It's one of the most necessary areas of development in a believer's life. The spiritual discipline of prayer. Spiritual discipline of prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 says this. Very simple. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, ceasing means pray without quitting. And it doesn't mean pray without stopping. Let me explain the difference. How many of you went to work today? Okay. How many of you left work today? Did you quit work? No. You stopped working, but you haven't quit. You don't have to go in tomorrow and turn in another application and go through another interview. And they say, well, what happened to you? Well, you know, 5 o'clock came and, I, you know, it's time for me to go home. It's quitting time. No, you didn't quit work. You've just stopped for that period of time. Now, quitting, quitting, I mean, if you treated your job like we treat prayer sometimes, you wouldn't have a job. How many of you just go to work when you need money? You know what? I, I'm running low this week, so I, I, I need something, so I'm going to go to work. But see, that's what a lot of us do with prayer. I need something, so I better go pray. I need to hear something from God. I need to go get something. No, you've, you've ceased. You've quit. We don't have a repetitive habit of being in prayer like you have a repetitive habit of going to work. This is the level of priority that we give. I don't just pray when I need something. I don't just pray when I, you know, I'm getting a little low, so I need to go talk to God. No, it is a part of my life. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. It means you always have an attitude of prayer, and you are in a regular, repetitive, habitual state of being in prayer. Now, not habitual in the sense that I just do it and I don't even think about it. It still takes work. Still takes work. But it's a part of my life. It's part of my daily routine. Got to be in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Just because you stop doesn't mean you quit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says this praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying always. With all prayer. One translation says, with all kinds of prayer. There are different types of prayer that are necessary in the believer's life. And we won't get into all those tonight. I'm just simply talking about the value and the importance and the priority that prayer needs to have in our life. And this is a time that we can just check ourselves and look on the inside and see, have we given it the right value? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we looked at this verse last week. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So first, there's a priority here that's necessary. There's a priority that's necessary. And, pri and power, the prayer, 
is powerful when we give it the right priority. When we properly prioritize, then we can fully receive the benefits of prayer. Our, our lives are affected by prayer, whether we do it or not. Whether you pray or not, prayer is affecting your life. The lack of prayer will affect your life, and the increase or the, the regular habit of prayer will affect your life. It's affecting us. And so we have to be people of prayer. And, and guys, we just have to get to a level that without prayer, we can't achieve his will or his purpose for us. We just got to understand, I am not going to accomplish God's will in my life without having a prayer life. I have to be in communication with him. I have to hear from him in my life. We've got to give the proper priority. So we, we, we have to understand that when we give prayer the right priority in, it li- in, in our lives, that's when it becomes beneficial. That is when it's an asset to us, not a liability. And that is when we'll see the results of prayer. I believe that God wants us to see results in prayer. We, we started saying this down in St. Augustine. We started saying this. We're not just a church that prays. We're a church that receives answers to prayer. You know that we're not the only religion that prays. In fact, most other religions are better at prayer than we are. They, do, they have a certain time of day. They have a certain prayer. They do it multiple times a day. I mean, I mean there are other religions and, 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 and other spiritual backgrounds. Prayer is not a, a thing that's just, that's what Christians do. So we're the only ones that are praying to a real God. We're the only one uh, that is praying to somebody on the other end that can hear us and that can speak back to us. Hearing from God should be a regular part of your life. That doesn't mean it has to be a booming voice from heaven. It doesn't mean that it has to be a manifestation and an angel showing up in your bedroom. That just simply means that you are led and directed by his spirit. That's his job description. That's what he does for us. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, and because I go to the Father, I can send the Holy Spirit to you. So God is talking. The question is, are we listening? And are we following? And prayer is where uh, we give God time. To speak to us. So I just want to give you a few simple keys, principles to a successful prayer life. First of all, you have to understand this. You will never grow in prayer unless you first pray. Does that make sense? You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere. I remember when I first went to uh, Florida to help out the church there, and um, we used to do this thing on Saturday mornings. We had early morning prayer. We didn't have a building at the time. We were in a middle school when we started out. And so we'd wake up on uh, on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m., and we would uh, go down to one of the beaches there and just walk the beach in corporate prayer. There's usually about like five or six of us guys. You know, it's mostly guys that would show up. And um, we would just walk the beach. 
and we'd go up one way and and pray and walk back. And the only thing about walking on the beach is the distance you go in one direction is the, the, is the distance you have to go coming back. And so Pastor Earl, our fearless leader, he's out front, man, and he's just going. And, you know, I'm about 15 minutes in, and we're, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much run out of stuff. You know, I'm praying for the same stuff over again. I, I, you know, I'm thinking, where are we going with this? And, and, and I'm just thinking in my mind, the further we keep going is the further I've got to get. My car is down here. I'm about to get off at this ramp, get a taxi, and get me back over here. There was one time, man, I'll never forget, man. There was one time we went, and it was just super windy. And the beach, obviously, is made of sand. So the wind will pick up the sand and move it around. And that sand doesn't care that you're there. It will just smack you right in the face. And, and it's cold. I mean, you got that breeze coming off the water, and you're just thinking, we can turn this ship around any time now. And we're just going. And I just see him up there, and he's just pressing, man. He's just going. And I'm like, you have – now I'm praying that Pastor Earl will turn the car around. That's what I'll pray. My prayers are no longer, God, I need you to start talking right about right now. You either subside this wind or we turn this thing around and go home. You either make it 10 degrees warmer and you get the wind to stop. Nope. He was testing my flesh that day, and we're just cruising. And, again, I'm just thinking, we got to go back. We still have to turn around and go the other other direction. And even with the wind at my back, that didn't help anything. I mean, it's still hurting. And, you know, I, I'm not even thinking about prayer. That's the last thing I'm, I'm just thinking, just get to one more step, one more step, one more step. I mean, we're just going. But I had, to, I had to develop myself. I had to build myself up in prayer. And quickly I found that 15 minutes went by, and I'm, I spent 30 minutes in prayer. And 30 minutes goes by, and it's been 45 minutes. I'm still in prayer. I still have things to pray about. I haven't even touched on this yet. I was going to pray about this. I'll spend some time. And, and, and then an hour goes by, and it's nothing. But you got to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And sometimes we just want to be somewhere but never start at a place that will get us there. I mean, we see this in multiple facets of life. But in prayer, we've got to start somewhere. Okay? So we only grow in prayer if we start praying. The next thing is, is prayer does not become beneficial until it becomes regular. Prayer does not become beneficial until it becomes regular. As we stated before, your job is not beneficial to you because you just show up every now and then or whenever you need some money. You realize they're not paying you for days that you're not there. Well, I'm not getting results for days that I'm not showing up at the job. I show up and I get results based upon what I put in. And so we have to make prayer regular in our lives. 
Now, there's some ways that we can do this. Number one is find a time. Find a time. Don't, don't expect the, the window on your calendar just to open up and say, prayer time. Well, look at that. I've all of a sudden got time to pray. No, you have to make time to pray. And you've got to find that time. You've got to find that time. You've got to find that time to make that prayer available in your life. You just have to do it. It may mean getting up early. It may mean going to bed uh, later after everybody else. It may mean instead of taking my lunch break and, uh, you know, uh, uh, watching YouTube videos on my phone or, you know, catching up on Facebook, I go to my car and I just spend 30 minutes in, in prayer while I'm eating my lunch. Taking time to pray. Now, I know that, you know, a lot of us uh, like to quote that verse, you know, pray without ceasing. That means just always being in an attitude of prayer throughout the day. And I pray in the shower and I pray in the car and I do this and I do this. But we need to be people that also take time to pray. It's very important that we don't just fit God in with our schedule. You will find that the greater the sacrifice, the greater the reward. I I found that to be true. The the greater the sacrifice that I make to pray and to be a person of prayer and to make time to pray, the greater the reward that I receive on the back end. So we need to find time. The other thing is we need to find a place. And when I say a place, I mean a place where there are no distractions. Having the TV on or, uh, you know, uh, you know, certain types of music. I mean, there's, there's music that I turn on. I have found that I cannot pray with worship music in the background. I just can't do it. Some people can do it. I just can't do it. But we have an instrumental uh, prayer uh, music that we use for our corporate prayer here on Sunday mornings. And, and on the days that I come up early over here and I'm just praying, I put that thing on over there. Just, just something playing in the background. But I can't have distractions. I'm not sitting at my computer. I, I, I don't have, you know, my iPad out. Uh, you know, I, I have my Bible and that's it. And that's it. And I have a place to go that's away from everything. Now, we've all got busy lives and we've got children and we've got different things that can become distractions. So you've got to find the time where the distractions are at a minimum. And you've got to find a place where they don't have access to you. That might mean you need to go to the garage and just sit in the car. You know, I wouldn't start the car. <laughs> just got to get some AC and just find you camped out back there after a little while. That wouldn't be good. Wouldn't recommend that because then we're going to be praying a different type of prayer. But you got to get away. We saw with Jesus that he withdrew withdrew we've got to get away it's not lonely it's just being alone with god amen and it's got to be a doable routine it's got to be a doable routine going back to the time factor don't 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 start out saying now i'm going to pray two hours today two hours we're just going to knock it out of the park we're just we're just going to whether you know they say go big go home we're going to go big today No, you got to do something that's doable. You know your schedule. You know what works for you. Again, make sacrifice, but don't make it so big that you become discouraged in not achieving the goal. 
You got to set a goal and then make it something that you can do. Something that you can do. Amen. Is this good? The last thing I have is get in the habit of not doing anything without first praying. Just get in the habit that I don't start a project, I don't go do this, I don't make a decision without first going to God. Make him a priority in your life in every decision. Give him an opportunity to have a say-so in that. You know, many times we go to different people to get their opinions about things. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? But, you know, there are some times that we need to involve God in the situation. Don't quit your job without talking to God. Don't take that position without talking to God. Don't make that transition in life without talking to God. Well, you know, I, I talked to my wife. Well, that's good. But talk to God. God might have something else to say. He might be able to give you some encouragement in that area. He, he might be able to better lead you and guide you. I mean, who better to talk to than the one that knows the future and knows how it's going to turn out anyways? I mean, y'all have heard me say this before. Confusion is the result of too many voices. And we open up a decision in our lives to multiple people. I mean, you know as well as I do, you talk to 10 different people about one thing, and they'll give you 10 different answers. And none of them know the future. <laughs> Jesus said, my Holy Spirit, he will lead you, he'll guide you, he'll direct you, he'll teach you. He'll remind you of things that I said, and he will show you things to come. That's part of his job description. He can show you things to come. Who better to ask than the one that knows your life it's already been done. Before you started your life, he had already finished. And so we've got to get in a habit of going to God before. Even if you're, even if there's a level of confidence, this is it, this is what I need to do. Just go to God anyway. Just make a habit of, God, I'm seeking you on this thing. I'm going to you first. I am not going to make a decision, small or large, in my life without first consulting you giving you an opportunity to have a say-so, involving you in my life. And so that means that we don't just go to God in the hard times. And we don't just go to God uh, when we need something. This is a habitual thing. This is something that we have to become regular at. A regular prayer life will reward you with regular power in your life. Sometimes we, we, we see that God's power and God's direction and God's leading in our life is hit or miss. God, where you been? And he's saying, where you been? I mean, if we keep inconsistent, keep an inconsistent prayer life, we'll see inconsistent results. I just encourage you today, especially as we get into the summer, you know, things become relaxed, things become a little more withdrawn. You know, we don't have such a struggling routine, you know, before we get to August and September and everything starts going back to normal in the mess. You know, that may not involve everybody. For some of you, you might be thinking, man, my summer is just as crazy as the rest of you. I don't know what the rest of y'all are doing. But this is an, always an opportunity for us to reevaluate things, to look at our lives 
and say, what needs to be, just do some housekeeping. That's all. I'm talking about your personal prayer life. We have corporate prayer here every Sunday morning, 6 a.m. You ought to come out. It's a great time. What, what day did I say? Sunday. You can come on Sunday. You sit in the park. I won't be here that early. But Wednesday morning, right here. We were here this morning. There was three of us where two or three are gathered in his name. Now, there's been times that I've been here by myself. So I just, if there's any angels in the room, you've got to hook up with me now, two or three. But he hears us. Amen. We have a God that hears us. So why not take the time to talk to him? Why not take the time to involve him in our lives? Why not take the, take the time to make a routine, a regular routine out of prayer? Amen. Father, we thank you that you have given us one of the greatest gifts, an opportunity to be led by you, Father. But we thank you that we've got to make the time to pray. We've got to make the time to be consistent. We've got to make the time to include you. Father, we've got to make the time to apply prayer to our lives so that power can be applied to our lives. Father, we thank you that there are so many promises in your word, so many things that you want to do for us, so many things that you have for us. But Father, as we include you through prayer, we'll see that power take place. We'll see that power show up. Father, even if if this is something that we've fallen away from, if this is something that we have not been very consistent or very good, Father, I pray that you speak to us and you show us how valuable prayer can be. I pray that uh, as, as we begin taking these steps to pray, I thank you that you will make your power known to us, your power available to us, that is dynamic in its working. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We're so thankful for a God that hears us, a God that is ready and willing to answer every need that we have. Father, we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.